Welcome to the Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Linton podcast, coming to you from the Goat Locker Studio in Sevierville, Tennessee. Be sure and check us out and like us on Facebook and Instagram, and follow us on Telegram, as well as on the website of libertyleadershipandlies.com. You can subscribe to notifications on the website to follow the blog there. If you would like to contact the show, just send an email to Larry at libertyleadershipandlies.com. Again, that is Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. Now, on to the episode. Leadership. Where is our national leadership? That really is the question every citizen especially those that still retain critical thinking skills, despite attending government schools, should be asking themselves for the past eight months. There are two meanings behind that question as well. It often appears here lately that the quote-unquote elected leader of the United States of America, you know, the guy that supposedly received 81 million votes, the most votes for a president in the history of our republic, because he ran such a successful campaign from his basement and had tens, literally just tens, of people show up to his public events across the country? That leader. He's absent. Not just absent-minded. Where is the leader of our country and the appointed members of his cabinet? You know the people that swore an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic? Where are they? besides covering their butts or laying blame for their ineptitude on other people. And the other meaning of where is our leadership are the actual leaders of our country on foreign soil. Our foreign governments, you know, those ones that are hostile to the United States of America, calling the shots for our country on the world stage. Often, that appears to be the case. Our quote-unquote elected leader is hiding from the press, licking his ice cream cone. Or he and his cabal of usurpers are dreaming up ways to pass the blame for the many failures of their fledgling administration. Let's not leave out the so-called leadership in Congress as well, on both sides of the aisle, each of them pointing their fingers at everybody else but themselves. We know the Democrats are always good at that, but yep, even the Republicans are doing it as well now pushing for articles of impeachment for dereliction of duty against the man that does not have the mental capacity to understand duty or understand responsibility, accountability, loyalty, or even leadership. What exactly will that, this impeachment, accomplish? To remove a feeble-minded, incompetent geriatric and replace him with a woman that only occupies the position she is currently in because of her race and gender? Where will that land us? We know that the vice president will sleep with whoever she needs to in order to advance her position of power and influence. Will it next be Chairman Xi or Vladimir Putin invited as a special guest to the White House when she's installed? Or the leader of the Taliban? Maybe she can put on some goat perfume to entice him. If that happens, once again, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue will be made famous by Heels of Paris for gratuitous sexual escapades that will make Bill Clinton look like a choir boy in comparison. Which is saying a lot because old Slick Willie is a serial sexual predator. 
Congress failed in their duty this past January by certifying a fraudulent election, by allowing the states to violate their own laws, which shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody of any particular party that understands the Constitution. They, Congress, have one job, and that is to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America, to ensure that every legal American citizen's vote is counted, and only counted once, to ensure that only people that are alive and allowed to vote do vote. Their duty is to pass legislation that only falls within the scope of Article One, Section 8 of the Constitution, which is their enumerated powers. And, you know, the judicial branch failed in their duties by dismissing cases based upon standing and not allowing the evidence to be brought before the public, allowing it to be challenged in the public square as, oh, it was all dismissed. But you know who else also failed? The electorate. Us. We failed. The apathy that has gripped our electorate allowed this to happen. A majority of the public have turned into sheep, enabling the government to allow our birthright citizenship to be diluted by illegal immigration, erode our rights with unconstitutional legislation, and push unconstitutional mandates on the electorate by elected officials and unelected government bureaucrats. They do that to a quite submissive public. They allow petty tyrants to mask our children or be subjected themselves to a vaccine that the government officials have lied about repeatedly and their media enablers, the majority of the public can't even bother to exercise leadership of their own lives. They eagerly await the president's or the governor's next executive order, allowing government to guide and lead them in their day-to-day lives, willingly giving up their liberty. They allow a government that was founded upon individual liberty and religious freedom to tell you the manner in which you can attend worship service so you can protect your own health by staying at home. You can watch it on TV, after all. Government, through an unholy alliance with news organizations and social media companies, are deciding what information you can and cannot see. Not only that, but they decide what information you can and cannot share. They go to extreme lengths to discredit any information that does not conform to their narrative. Or they even hide it, suppress it, block you, delete your social presence. Leadership failure at all levels is leading to a collapse of our constitutional republic, which was founded upon limited government and individual liberty, transforming our government and our country into something we have fought many wars around the world to prevent from happening to other countries. And then we also have, because of the years of liberals in society denigrating men with words and accusations of toxic masculinity, we have men failing to lead their families at home. Communities are also failing to lead themselves and allowing an encroachment on their civil liberties for whatever the cause du jour is this day. State government is also failing to lead their states in its proper role as the parent of the federal government. The federal government is not leading the entire nation, 
It is just leading a voting block of 81 million leftists and dead people. Instead of leading the nation into prosperity and instilling pride in the uniquely American culture, they are pitting citizen against citizen. They attempt to lay blame everywhere else rather than accept responsibility and take accountability for the disastrous actions our government takes on the world stage. Elected officials in state houses and in Congress failing to be servant leaders, and instead they're turning into many tyrants. The citizens are not forcefully standing up and calling them out for the hypocrites and tyrants they are. Some are doing it, but not enough to really make a difference. There are many reasons behind what happened in Afghanistan last week, and the least of which is the ineptitude of sleepy Joe Biden. To place the entire blame on him is unfair, really. Although the results are exponentially worse because of his lack of leadership and the leadership abilities of those that serve in his cabinet, let's not forget that Congress approved those appointees. The rock star slash musician wannabe that currently serves as the Secretary of State was approved by the Senate. The, quote, white supremacists are behind every tree, unquote, Secretary of Defense, whose appointment was approved by the Senate, but remember, Congress also had to give him a waiver to serve in that position. The completely inept, backstabbing weakling that is his principal military advisor, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley. By the way, have you seen him lately? He is definitely not within body fat standards to continue service, but I'm sure that he's surrounded by a bunch of yes men and women that signed off on all of his body composition assessments for years. When I was on active duty, we administratively separated sailors with more leadership abilities in their knife hands than that weak, out-of-standard general possesses in his entire body. You know, I had to work hard because I came close to that body composition assessment failure many times. It takes hard work, and it doesn't look like he's willing to put it in. Then there's also President Biden's National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan. This worthless individual admitted on CNN that the Taliban were still seeking to attack our homeland, yet he backed the plan that resulted in providing that terrorist regime with billions, that is billions with a B, of dollars of our state-of-the-art military arms and equipment. He's also married to the super-leftist lawyer Maggie Goodlander, who served as counsel for the House Judiciary Committee and House Manager's for at least one of the impeachment trials for President Trump. What kind of pillow talk do you think has guided Sullivan's actions since his appointment as the National Security Advisor? Everything is orange man bad. And his wife, she's another one of those new aristocracy that has only survived off the sweat equity of us, the citizens of the United States of America. We mustn't forget that old Jake Sullivan has ties to that wretched Hillary Clinton too. He was Hillary's deputy chief of staff of the State Department during her tenure there of lining her pockets with money by selling out our country. He also hasn't held a long-term job outside of government for his entire adult life. Just another member of the new aristocracy. Also, Jake Sullivan was part of that team that met secretly with a terrorist-sponsoring Iranian regime. Don't you just love how that is reported in the media? Secret meetings adding some sort of legitimacy to what is basically treason. 
He helped to hammer out that ridiculous joint comprehensive plan of action with those terrorists that were behind the killing of hundreds of our service members in Iraq. He was negotiating with them secretly while they were killing our soldiers. Now he's rewarded for that treasonous act under the Obama administration with being Biden's national security advisor. All of these people, picked by the dementia-riddled child sniffer and approved by Congress, more specifically the Senate in their constitutional role of advise and consent. Consent being the operative term. They have consented to further continuously placing people at the highest levels of this administration that hate our republic as founded. So all levels of our government hate us. I can't state that enough. So you see, Biden does not bear the blame alone for this. Who does? Who bears the lion's share of the blame? Generally, we all do. Our apathy towards our responsibility for active participation in our self-governance has resulted in the government we have right now. Our apathy towards ensuring free and fair elections in all 50 states led to the installation of this administration. Rising up and protesting now after the fact won't get us anywhere either. We are stuck with them until the next, hopefully not fixed, election. Our apathy has allowed the usurpers to become too entrenched at all levels of government. Before we move on, I'd like to pause for a word from a supporter of this podcast. Mrs. A.J. DePriest is the director of Proposal Logic. Proposal Logic is a woman-owned, minority-owned small business located just outside Nashville, Tennessee, serving federal contractors with proposal management and technical writing expertise. Since 2011, A.J. has served more than 150 federal contractors on proposals for more than 200 federal agencies. While average win rates for federal proposal developers rest around 35%, AJ finished 2020 with an astounding 100% win rate for her clients. So stop losing conventionally and start winning unconventionally. If you are a federal contractor and you are ready to win government contracts, contact AJ at 615-474-2123. Again, that is 615-474-2123. Or you can email her at aj at proposalogic.com. Again, that is aj at proposalogic.com. P-R-O-P-O-S-A-L-O-G-I-C dot com. So yes, dear listener, all of the electorate bears responsibility for what our government does to us and on our behalf. We have allowed it mostly through inaction and apathy, but most assuredly, we did this to ourselves. Ever since the Korean War, which is what we call it now, but it was never declared a war. You notice that? I've spoken about this before. The Korean War, the Vietnam War, the Gulf War, the War on Terror, or any Operation This or Operation That. None of those were declared wars. Congress abdicated their responsibility for purely selfish reasons as well. 
by delegating their Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11 authority through pretend legislation like the War Powers Act. Only Congress, according to our Constitution, can declare war and commit our troops to battle. Anything other than a declared war where our troops are utilized is unconstitutional, yet we have allowed it to happen since 1946. Why? Because it is the easy route and allows politicians to either claim success in the event of victory or to assign blame in the event of defeat. Let me ask you, dear audience, when have we had victory since the end of World War II in any major armed conflict? Do you want to know why? Because when Congress declares war, it does so with the intent of victory. Anything else is half measures. You notice I will always refer to Congress's enumerated powers throughout my podcast and on my blog and on Facebook and Twitter. Because most of us need to know Congress's exact authorities and hold them accountable when they go outside of the guardrails the Founding Fathers provided when they wrote the Constitution. They gave us this Constitution to limit the power of Congress, yet we allow them to continuously abuse it and then lie to us about it. By allowing the executive branch to unilaterally use the armed forces, even for just short periods of time, they provided themselves the excuse to lay blame if things go wrong. And boy, have things gone wrong. I was in a not-so-friendly discussion about this the other day. Because, you know, there are a lot of liberals out there posting about the deaths of our service members last week in Afghanistan all over social media, offering their prayers and asking people to not make a political statement about the tragedy. Of course, that is because they do not want to acknowledge their role in what happened. They will never, ever get a pass from me on this. Especially because of this fact. Anytime one of our service members dies in a combat environment on foreign soil, it is political. Who sent our young men and women to serve in harm's way? Politicians did. That makes every death, in a declared war or not, political. Our country's power to impose its will or to achieve its national objectives comes from its instruments of national power. You can identify our government's national power through the acronym DIME. D-I-M-E. The D is for diplomatic power. I is for information power. M is for military. And E is for economy. Our national power is wielded by the government we elect. The M, of course, remember, is military. Politicians use our military to achieve its national objectives. So, once again, the deaths of our service members in any type of conflict is the result of a politician's decision. People that say, please do not make this political, are part of the problem, because they don't understand. Plus, they only see the military as an instrument of societal change, a petri dish for the harebrained social experiments. But back to our role in this, what can only be described as an abysmal failure. For 75 years now, we have allowed the executive branch and legislative branch of our government 
to pervert our Constitution for their own political ends, both Republican and Democrat. And for 112 years now, we have allowed a federal government that perverted the intent of our founding fathers with regard to the apportioning of taxes among the states on the basis of population, we allow them to install a progressive, completely unequal treatment, income tax on the electorate, which is actually denying many persons within the jurisdiction of the United States the equal protection of laws. Key word and tricky phrase there, which I'll point out in a bit. The Congress, not the people or the states, pushed through the 16th Amendment for one purpose and one purpose only, to grow the size and scope of the federal government. From there, the federal government has used the sweat equity of all citizens to either punish or reward the individual states on the basis of whether or not they follow federal guidelines on any number of different programs and initiatives. The federal government, by addicting the states to quote-unquote federal funding, has effectively reversed the role of the Founding Fathers that created the federal government to work for the states into our current system where the federal government dictates how the states function, using the carrot and the stick of the citizens' sweat equity. The citizens fail to exercise the accountability, authority, and responsibility to ensure the Constitution restrains the government, and these roles have been reversed due to our lack of leadership. So the 16th Amendment, which imposed the income tax, actually violates the key words and tricky phrase I just read out, which comes from the 14th Amendment. Individual states and citizens of certain states are denied the equal protection of the law through Congress's taxation of income. We failed to provide leadership and oversight of Congress on this. The electorate has failed to ensure that servant leaders are elected to Congress. Now the Congress uses our Constitution, incorrectly, to restrain the people. We need to have a leadership revival in this republic in order to reverse this trend and reassert the role the Constitution provided the citizens. That all power the Congress possesses and exercises is a revocable privilege only obtained from we the people. Every legal citizen of our republic needs to read the Constitution and understand it through the language and definition of words in use at the time of its ratification. In fact, it's my belief that should be a requirement to vote in this country. And before you all get crazy and I'm trying to deny the right to vote to anybody, this wouldn't deny the right to vote to anybody. The individual would be voluntarily deciding not to vote and participate in our system of self-governance if they chose not to understand the Constitution. The government would then be forced to actually have their indoctrination centers, euphemistically called public schools, educate the population on the Constitution. Can you imagine the rending of garments and gnashing of teeth if such a requirement to vote was imposed by the states? Liberals understand you need a dumbed-down population to obtain and maintain power. Our founding fathers firmly believed in education, not indoctrination, would keep tyranny at bay. Thomas Jefferson, in one of his many letters, wrote this, quote, 
Enlighten the people generally, and tyranny and oppressions of body and mind will vanish like evil spirits at the dawn of day. Jefferson also stated this, and I quote, I know no safe depository of the ultimate powers of the society, but the people themselves. And if we think them not enlightened enough to exercise their control with a wholesome discretion, the remedy is not to take it from them, but to inform their discretion by education. This is the true corrective of abuses of constitutional power. How much foresight did he have in that? Our public government education system has done more damage to our republic than any other institution that currently exists. And it is so pervasive that it must be on purpose. There is a reason why, and you can find it if you just ask the correct questions, beginning with why. Why does our government not require a firm understanding of our Constitution and the founding of our Republic? You know why. Benjamin Rush, in an essay written in 1786, stated, and I quote, It is favorable to liberty. Freedom can only exist in the society of knowledge. Without learning, men are incapable of knowing their rights, and where learning is confined to a few people, liberty can neither be equal nor universal. Why do you think civics and knowledge of the Constitution take a back seat in today's public education to woke, evil teachings and curriculums like critical race theory, wit and wisdom, the 1619 Project, and on and on? Because government prefers indoctrination in theories that divide the electorate rather than education on our rights and our Constitution. I'd like to pause for a word from another supporter of this podcast. For all my listeners that live in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, I want to give a huge shout out to one of my all-time favorite car mechanics and longtime good friend, Glenn Moser. He is a supporter of this podcast and the owner-operator of Professional Auto, located at 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha, in Virginia Beach. Phone number is 757-962-0102. Not only is Glenn an extremely talented mechanic, but he is also a great American and a staunch supporter of our constitutional rights. My family and I relied on Glenn and Professional Auto for all of our vehicle needs when we lived in the Hampton Roads, Virginia area. Quality work at a fair price and service with a smile are what you will receive when you take your vehicle to Professional Auto. I encourage all my listeners there in the Hampton Rose area to look them up if your car needs work. Again, that is Professional Auto, 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and the phone number is 757-962-0102. All right, back to leadership. While we are all responsible for the complete poop show that is our government right now, it does not mean that we cannot hold the segments of our republic that bear the most responsibility for the many failures and setbacks our country has encountered the past eight plus months. The liberals in Congress and society in general need to have it pointed out to them often and loudly. Heck, not even just the liberals in Congress. Remind them all of what the Constitution states is their enumerated powers. 
Anytime they propose legislation, ask them what specific clause in Article 1, Section 8 gives them the authority to even consider enacting that particular law. I urge you all to contact your federal-level senators and congressmen and congresswomen to ask that specific question on any bill they sponsor. Engage with them on social media, too. Left or right side of the aisle, it doesn't matter. Engage them so you can remind them of the Constitution. I've been doing that regularly on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. While they don't answer the question, it sure does bring out the liberal trolls. They do not like it when the government authority is questioned, especially when it is being done to their preferred candidate. Again, while it may seem pointless to engage them directly, you are not doing it for their benefit. You are doing it for the benefit of other people following those threads. You just may get them to look up the Constitution and see just how much Congress is perverting it. You aren't doing it to try and convince the liberals, the big government sheep, of the error of their ways. I don't think their ilk will ever see how wrong they are. Liberalism is a mental disorder. But you have to hold them publicly accountable so those people that are fence-setters or those who chose not to participate in self-governance are finally convinced to get off the bench to work for a restoration of our founding principles and for a return to a government that is of, for, and by the people that operates within the limits set forth in the Constitution. It also has the added benefit for you so that you can arm yourselves with the knowledge of our Constitution and our founding principles so you can stand in the arena and withstand the verbal assaults of the woke crowd. Our electorate has failed to provide leadership to the public, I mean government, school systems for so long now that we have a couple of, or maybe a few generations of people that are unaware of the true role of government at all levels in our lives. They are unaware that the Constitution was written to restrain government, as were the constitutions of the individual states. Congress has transformed its role of representing the people to ruling the people. This brings to mind the message in my church the past few weeks and how it ties into what one of the biggest tyrants of government today is, Nancy Pelosi. She routinely, incorrectly, likes to twist biblical scripture in order to fool her constituents along with the rest of the country to keep her grip on power. Anyway, it ties into scripture, particularly Genesis, where the serpent tempted and convinced Eve to eat the forbidden fruit, telling her that, quote, For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Old Nancy herself equated Democrats to God in an interview in 2006 when she stated, quote, You don't need God anymore. You have us Democrats. In other words, eat from the tree of the Democrats, from the liberals. You don't need God anymore because you will be like him. According to her, Democrats have replaced God. Cunning and evil is the only way I can describe the Democrat Party. They do away with true education in our country, and they also replace God with the Democrat Party. How's that been working out for us? How has that been allowed to happen? Because we, the electorate, have become apathetic in providing Congress with leadership and oversight. 
So it is long overdue that we shake off this apathy and regain control over our elected representatives at all levels of government. It is way past the time where we need to remind them that all power and authority they exercise is derived from the consent of the governed, and we can choose to take away that consent at any time. We need to be true servant leaders in our homes, in our communities, in our businesses, and especially in our constitutional form of self-governance. Our founding fathers gave us this awesome responsibility, and we need to be reminded of it daily. Before we close the show, I'd like to leave you with this from God's Word. 2 Chronicles 15, 7 But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. We need that revival. The revival of our knowledge and our responsibility to our constitutionally protected, God-given rights and ensure our republic endures through this time of great trouble. We need that revival to ensure that we pass along to our posterity the greatest nation of free people that mankind has ever known. That will be our reward in this temporary home on earth. Until next week, stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.